0: Hello and welcome to Diminishing Returns. It's a special week here at the podcast, here at Podcast HQ, where we we record our podcast. Where do we record it, Alan? Somewhere in England. Oh, very very secretive. It's um, it's a very special week because this is our first ever Patreon vote episode. I don't really know how to word it better than that. That doesn't sound right, does it? (laughs) Basically, we've got a Patreon. If you haven't heard yet, go to patreon.com forward slash dimreturns and you can get all sorts of bonus content and shit for as little as $1 a month. Oh my god! That's nothing. (laughs) That is basically nothing at all. It's like, why are we even bothering taking that from people? (laughs) What's the point? It's that little. But anyway, $1 a month and you get all this bonus stuff. And one of the things you can do is vote for upcoming episodes and this is the first <coughs> such fruit of said loins this episode <laughs> now Sol, I know you yeah. you
1: were in you were uh, in charge of the vote um, now <laughs> I just can't help noticing that the film that we're looking at today the patreon voters have chosen is the iron giant which also happens to be a personal favorite of yours coincidence I know.
0: it is actually yeah. I know what you I know what you're implying <laughs> <laughs> what? But uh, I mean, look, I can I I've, I've got the breakdown here. I can list every single every single patron who voted for. They want to be anon. It's anonymous voting. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Well, what? Yeah. Just tell us what what came close. What were the other options?
0: Very quickly, uh, I'm Sol. In case you haven't heard <laughs> that, right? That other guy has been talking. That's Hello. Alan. I think we used his name a few times. We are joined this week by. Regular, regular friend of the show, co-host and patron herself, <laughs> uh, Ms. Judy Bignell.
2: Hola.
0: Which did you vote for, Judy? She missed. It. She joined way after this. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah I'm sorry. I'm not even gonna pretend. <laughs> you
0: can, you can though, Judy. You can vote for our upcoming one. I haven't discussed Ooh. this with Alan, but I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say it. Uh, we'll we'll be launching (laughs) 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 Alan can veto it and we'll edit it out but if not, let's see how you feel about this Alan Uh, if you join our Patreon uh, you can go and take part in our (laughs) new vote that we'll be launching soon Uh, so probably by the time this episode actually drops which will be to decide the episode for our upcoming Halloween episode Ooh. this year. Ooh. Ooh.
1: We'll put some, we'll put some
0: spooky film. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put some spooky film choices up there, and and you can select which one we do. Cool. How do you feel about that, Alan? You cool with that? I'm very cool with that. Yeah, we we did a big three part balls to the wall vote for this episode, just as the first one.
1: It was a bit like it was a bit like the vote for a new Tory party leader.
0: Yeah, it was exactly that. topical politic reference. Or the Democratic (laughs) primary, if you're an American. Yeah. Similar situation. Or insert election of your nation here. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we we just threw it out to all our patrons. And we didn't even say one film each. We just said, any film you want us to cover, just, just send them our way and we'll put them on the poll. I would generally say... One listener might suggest something completely ludicrous, but then if it's going to win the vote, it's going to be probably quite a decent idea. And I would say that's born true so far, but Alan would probably go, Oh, Iron Giant, you fucking haven't laughed. (laughs) No, no, I I love watching mediocre animation.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So out of the options that you said there were... I am very surprised that the Iron Giant won that vote. I'm
0: I'm <laughs> massively surprised, and I'm I'm a big fan of the Iron Giant. Well, what 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 else? What was beaten out? Look, I'll, right, I'll tell you now. Right, do you want to know? So we did this in rounds individually. Okay, so round it was like a little tournament. Round one. Well, basically, it came down to Fargo and Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day won it overwhelmingly. No surprise there. <laughs> So that would be an interesting one to talk about, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, both solid choices there. I think Fargo and Groundhog Day. Yeah, um, I think if we thing is if we did an episode on Fargo,
1: it'd just be me like masturbating over how good it is, um, and then well,
2: that's what our listeners want to hear,
1: and that's what we're going to get from Sol today. So.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but that's good because that's why we have the counter, the counter, and you know that's why there's more than one of us. But <laughs> I, I really thought Groundhog Day was going to run away with it. It it won round one. Round two, uh, weird weirdly, it came down to um, Wallace and Gromit, as in like a whole Wallace and Gromit retrospective, okay, yeah, and okay. the that would have been Iron really
1: Giant. Cool. Yeah,
0: and the Iron Giant won it. And then round three, it came down to well, basically the Silence of the Lambs. So the finale. <laughs> there, that, there wasn't any so options in that one. It was very clear so cut. The Silence of the
2: Lambs. <laughs> groundhog day and the iron giant that's a
0: nice mix of stuff and the
2: iron giant fucking won. yeah i got twice as many it it got (laughs) twice as
0: many votes as groundhog day which was in second
1: i think that says something about the infantile nature of our
0: uh, listenership i think it does say something about the demographic we've got listening certainly i think they're all young young men of a certain age (laughs) of which i i fall into that demo you know so Mm -hmm. hey guys I'm one of you. (laughs) I'm not. I'll I'll defend (laughs) you guys. I'll be I'll be I'll be going to bat for you. Alan's gonna be coming hard and fast, and we'll just hit him with an uppercut.
1: The Iron Giant has been chosen as our Patreon listener uh, vote episode. So,
0: and and if you're interested, listener, we we also ran a uh, a patron vote for an upcoming season. Of episodes and uh, the Blood and Ice Cream Trilogy ran away with that one that was just overwhelmingly they won it so you have that to look forward to Do you know what that is, Judy?
2: It's the Cornetto Trilogy but under a different name because Mm -hmm. Sol doesn't use that name
0: Well, you're using the kind of layman name, I'm using the the,
2: Blood and Ice Cream Trilogy Yeah
1: What about laymans who don't know that either? It's the Edgar Wright films, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz and World's End, whatever that last Mm -hmm. one's called
2: yeah
0: Shall should we, should we jump into the film?
1: Right, yeah. So, The Iron Giant was the choice made. We've watched it. Um, now, okay, yeah. So, as I said earlier, so I know this is a big favourite of yours. I
0: presume there's some childhood
1: nostalgia involved in that.
0: Um, I don't know if there is, really. I, I did see this about... I was probably about 10... Yeah. when i when about like on video after it came out, didn't see it at the cinema um and I didn't really think anything of it as a kid
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I just thought, all right, whatever and it was only years later, i think post the incredibles, in fact, after Brad Bird had become a bit of a thing and everyone was making a big song and dance about how wonderful this film was, and Brad Bird was brilliant that I went back to it and and really sort of fell in love with it, so I, I don't think it has got much childhood nostalgia for me unless you count watching it when I was 15, 16 and well, childhood
1: I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what you've got to say about it because um, I watched it again for this episode it's the second time I've seen it and I'm just not struck by it in any way whatsoever, I don't know what I don't what even know what's supposed
0: was. to be good about it I don't get it well I mean, just to kind of lay things out on the table, I, I, um, I not only really like this film, but it is like one of my all-time, all-time favorite films. It is. Why? Mm. So- <laughs> right. It is my second favorite film.
2: But you're gonna have to do some explaining, so you're gonna have to really go into that because it's, it's a
0: firm top three. That anyway. is a,
2: but Jesus, wet. Okay, but that is a really strong place to be coming from. So please, like, do unpick that because. I'm like Alan. <laughs> I I don't get that at all. And that's not just you saying. Oh yeah, I do really really like it. That you know, top three, top three.
1: Well, I I mean it it has it has a giant kaiju type creature, yeah, uh, which Sol is a big fan of. It's yeah. Brad Bird. Saul's a big fan of Brad Bird, director. Um, there's no dad. I know that always appeals to Saul. <laughs> <sort of> father <laughs> issues. It's always a thing for him. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know what else. <laughs> Auntie well, I, I think it's message. one of the most.
0: I think it's one of the most stunningly beautiful films. ever Now, are you talking about up? that
1: in terms of visual animation? Well, basically
0: yeah, everything
2: or emotional story.
0: Oh yeah, no, I mean visually. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, now I, I am. I am prepared to accept here that I'm a bit of a. a a layman when it comes to animation and perhaps you are seeing something beautiful here that I'm not but it just for me it evoked sort of 80s Disney you know like that sort of style it
2: was crass 20th century Fox style (laughs) put it out there now it wasn't it didn't feel as sophisticated as Anastasia but on the same kind of level as Anastasia which was known as you know the 20th century Fox uh, film there was like a poor man's Disney so this is like a poor man poor man's Disney
0: well, I think you're being very dismissive of the work of Don Bluth, actually, Judy. Who, uh, I think I am. <laughs> who uh, animated the likes of Anastasia and was the...
2: Oh, no, um, I loved Anastasia. I did. I really enjoyed it. But it wasn't, was not It was the a poor, poor man's, man's Disney.
0: Well, no, Don Bluth was the the, the kind of darker, uh, ugly step-sibling of Disney. But he was a very well-respected animator. He brought a lot to his projects. Oh, God, so. yeah. I
2: mean, I couldn't animate anywhere near as well as that or the Iron Giant. But in terms of the finish and the quality of it... It comes across as kind of, uh, uh, like a a cheaper version of Disney, and then this I don't think even holds up to that.
0: Well, Disney is the 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 fucking top of the. Okay, top, so though, poor to man's Disney is
2: is still. Yeah, it's like accurate. It
0: it it's like you know. If someone called me a poor man's Brad Pitt, I'd be very complimented by that. I'd, okay, so... No, Sol,
1: you're a poor man's Keanu
0: Reeves. Everybody knows that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, okay, yeah, but... That's but, fine, I mean,
0: I'll tell you that. I'm, I'm happy with that.
2: My point is, though, surely then I'm not that, being that dismissive, if you're agreeing. You're saying well, it can no, be Well, I, I
0: think you're saying it in a very dismissive way. I think you're trying to be very dismissive. I well, think this no, film is <sighs> utterly stunning.
2: But what I'm trying to... I'm just... I'm trying to kind of say it as a counter to you, I guess, because I don't understand... Like Alan asked you, you know, what is it about it? And you're saying that the animation is very good. I'm, I'm kind of going, well, to me, it it doesn't actually look that high quality. Although I couldn't produce it, God, I couldn't. Um, it doesn't seem overwhelmingly anything. So I'm. That's why I'm still trying to gauge where your really strong reactions come from.
0: Okay, it's it's one of the last substantially like notable hand drawn animated films out there. Sadly. Um, even though they were still making these things relatively um, consistently for another 10 years. Um, so it, it's kind of, this is about as far as as hand-drawn animation technology ever got. You've got these gorgeously painted backgrounds that are just lovely. You've got um, seamless integration of digital effects. Obviously, the, the Iron Giant himself is a CGI character. That was a, a revolution at the time.
1: Oh wait, let me stop you there because I didn't know that.
2: I was going to say I wouldn't have known um, that,
1: and so yeah, I would. I'll grant you that was that seamless. I will say that yeah. when we see the shipwreck at the beginning, I could tell that the waves were were CG. That that sort of jumped out a little bit, mm. um, but no, I didn't pick up the 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 giant himself was CGI. I, mm. I wouldn't have known
2: that. So yeah, no, that's that is really interesting seeing that transition. Yeah, um, I, I think. And he's... yeah, credit to it.
0: I think, and I might be wrong in saying this, but I I believe he was the first ever um, fully CGI character integrated within a a, um, hand-drawn film. You you could make the argument that the magic carpet in Aladdin was, but he was kind of um, hand-drawn patterns layered over digital stuff, so I don't think it quite counts. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of CGI in this film you know, the satellite at the start um, all the cars and bicycles and things, most vehicles it, it's, it gets a lot of use it's um, it's all used very seamlessly, Why? and Why beyond is that, that CG, then? well, I, I think typically it's just you're making a, a, a vehicle or something like that, it, it's kind of pointless drawing it every single frame differently, and it's nice to be able to turn it, and Look at it from different angles, whereas I guess, the yeah. the point of doing hand drawn is to get emotive character movements and facial mm. expressions and things like that. So
2: yeah, rather than movement of the of the item or the object, yeah, okay.
0: Um, and I, I certainly imagine that's how they or why they've approached it this way with this film. But I mean, God, beyond that. There's like lighting effects in this film that are fucking remarkable. That that shot where um, Hogarth looks out from the rooftop with his torch and it it shines the light Oh yeah the, god um... I
2: was thinking that's a very good torch
0: Yeah 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 but stuff like <laughs> that that's really fucking impressive animation like I genuinely don't entirely know how they did that I my best guess is they just painted two backgrounds and kind of digitally went between, Slid between them Between but, the lights yeah but there's a lot of very impressive lighting work in this film which I suppose isn't something you typically think about but just the um, yeah, the lighting on some of the characters and in, in some of the scenes is is gorgeous, and and then beyond that, the the general aesthetic they're they're pulling together as well. I mean, this film pretty much set the 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 visual aesthetic for Pixar's movies, um, or at least how they approach human characters in Pixar films. I think you can pin that exactly like there's a straight line from this film to everything Pixar's done for however many years they've been going. Because um, obviously, Pixar had been were up and running when this was made. They'd made Toy Story. And you remember how freakish and gangly the humans are in the first Toy Story. You only really started to get human characters properly being used in The Incredibles, which was Brad Bird's follow up to this over at Pixar. And. Basically, it took Brad Bird's character design, his sort of aesthetic on board, which is just a CGI version of how his characters are drawn here and how they're kind of put together here. I mean, and that you say Pixar. that,
2: I think style-wise, I saw it in the... I mean, I couldn't even tell you the guy's name, but you know the kind of... Uh, detective who is, like, really pe- pestering and badgering oh, uh, Hogarth's yeah, want, family. Yeah, yeah, I want to talk about him as well. Like, him. But in terms of style, I'd say he's the only one I can really see the Pixar aesthetic come through. Like, Ho- the rest just looks like 20th Century Fox-style animation. It doesn't really seem that distinctive.
0: Really? I mean... Yeah. Like, the fisherman at the start? You don't remember what no. he looks like? He's got such a great craggy
2: face. Well, yeah, but I don't see that as, you know, the kind of the Pixar... Look, I definitely see it with that the oh, kind God. of red guy with the hat and the long nose I'm, and the I long like, face. Honestly, I'm
0: telling you, look at look at a character like Hogarth, and then mm. look at some Pixar concept art where someone's drawn the oh, character maybe. before they've rendered it into in a computer. Yeah, okay, yeah, concept art, yeah, maybe basically the exact same art mm. style. It's it's remarkable. Um, but talking about that detective guy, Kent Mansley, you're talking about.
2: Oh, there you go. Thank you. <laughs>
0: I am. I, I, I can't find any confirmation of this anywhere. I don't know how it would have happened, but I am convinced uh, that is a caricature of Pete Doctor, who is um, one of Pixar's directors. He directed Finding Nemo and Up, among other films. Um, I can't find any reason or, or <laughs> proof that Brad confirmation. Bird... Confirmation. Well, yeah, because Brad Bird wasn't at Pixar yet. There's no reason or rhyme why he would have met this guy, but they were both working in animation, so it stands to reason that they probably did run in some similar circles and had met. Um, Google. I mean, I, Google I'm, Pete I'm looking
1: at pictures of Pete Doctor now, and I certainly can see what you're saying. He has got a sort of cartoon face.
0: It's got to be a caricature of him, surely. <laughs> Look him up, Judy. See
2: what I'm you think. just I'm in the process of manoeuvring. Yep. Hang on. Oh, fucking hell.
0: It's him, isn't it? It's it's like dude, that tangy. man's got a forehead. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I
2: definitely see it in terms of the sh- like ridiculous kind of facial proportions there. You know that they really accentuated more in the Iron Giant. I mean, mm. um, god damn, <laughs> god damn.
0: And look, I mean, I, I it's, it's not the most. Um, sort of fluid animation. It's not like Disney stuff like Aladdin that we discussed recently where the characters really ebb and flow into this kind of, you know, very fluid visual aesthetic. It's got a much more um yeah, yeah, like realistic approach to its animation, but there's still so much personality when the characters are talking and if you if you watch if you really pay attention to the movements they're doing and the facial expressions they're doing there's a lot going into it, it oh, I think, it's I very think facially
2: they they achieve a lot with actually you know the fact that they haven't got the technology then that they're using now and you know all of that i do i do definitely think there's a lot that they've managed to emote through the characters even though the drawing style does seem more uh simplistic i'm gonna use as the word just not as refined
0: I th- I think it's an uh, aesthetic as well that I'm quite primed to like it's you know it's very similar to uh Future Armor for example which is one of my favorite um TV well it is my favorite TV show um it 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 it's that kind of blend of hand drawn and and bits of CGI just to you know elevate it and make it look even better when when necessary and um, it, it's quite a common look from animation around the turn of the, the century from around the, mm-hmm. the year 2000 ish and then it kind of went away as CGI just completely replaced hand-drawn animation pretty much altogether which is very sad because I, I love it but I, I can see mm-hmm. how to uh, no offence guys but to like animation laymans it, it would kind of Perhaps not seen Just that Just looks impressive. a bit more jarring.
1: No, definitely. But also, this the, the demographic of this film, surely, is, is young children, and they're not going to pick up on stuff like that uh, consciously. So there has to be something more
0: to this film. And, you know, I, I think Brad Bird would probably take issue with calling it a kid's film. He's the kind of guy who'd kick off about that and be like... <laughs> what res- guy works at with, Pixar? <laughs> with due respect, <laughs> it's not a kid's film. It is suitable for kids, but it is... Not a kid's film. Well, I would agree with that, to be honest with you. But
1: I presume, from a marketing point of view, this is mm. a kid's film and we're selling it to kids.
0: Well, from a marketing point of view, this film bombed hard and didn't do very well and completely Well, I'm not surprised. And, Probably because he wasn't
2: aiming at a kid's. Should have just aimed at a kid's.
0: Put a final nail in hand-drawn animation in a lot of ways because this was when you know people just weren't interested in these films, particularly Disney were pumping out shit uh, hand-drawn animation at this time, the likes of uh, Brother Bear, for example.
2: Brother Bear was awesome. That's a uh, well-good film. Fucking hell. You, you can't talk, you like the Iron Giant.
0: Yeah, an excellent <laughs> film.
2: In terms of animation, Brother Bear was not bad, anyway.
0: Yeah, in terms of the actual animation, Disney have never pretty much not put a foot wrong since the 80s like yeah the the, the animation of brother bear is gorgeous but the film's a oh, of you're shit.
2: knocking it because it's shamanic again you're not <laughs> spiritual soul that's the problem
0: <laughs> brother bear's not like brother Bear
2: shamanism brother bear's, it's about shamanism brother bear's like not
0: a well-regarded film
2: i know it's not but it's great it's cracking
0: the iron giant is
2: no you just said it
0: bombed no, it financially underperformed. It it got universal acclaim from pretty much everyone who went to see it and critics. It's very the right, fact that it I'm
2: putting it out there now. You should do Brother Bear on here because it has a sequel. So
0: I've seen them there you both. Go. Yeah,
2: Brother Bear two is shit. But I'm also Brother Bear it. one. No, it's not.
0: I'm just looking it up right. Brother Bear 37 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Brother Bear two 50 on Rotten Tomatoes.
2: Fifty or fifteen. Fifty. You can't trust the public.
0: That's not the public, that's critics.
2: You can't trust critics. Now, for
0: comparison, do you want to know what the Iron Giant has on Rotten Tomatoes?
2: 86, and the top one is still your comment.
0: Brother Bear, 37%. The Iron Giant, 96%. 96 Certified <laughs> Alan, Fresh. back me up
2: here. Back <laughs> well, me I, up I mean, Come on. So, okay, let's.
1: if this is a, a critic's favourite and a flop
0: with the audience, that that is not a big surprise. Um
2: yeah, but I... how is it a favourite with the critics? That's what I don't get.
0: Well, Rotten Tomato says, The endearing Iron Giant tackles ambitious topics and complex human relationships with a steady hand and beautifully animated direction from Brad Bird.
1: Great, can we talk about those so- uh, heavy <laughs> subjects?
0: Because I, I, I didn't <laughs> That's catch That's the big them. part of it, I guess. <laughs>
1: and those complex relationships, I'm not sure I, I spotted those either.
0: Well, the, the, the obvious one is gun control.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you think it? Do you think it tackled that, or just kind of talked about guns?
0: I think it tackled it. It was kind of. It basically came down on violence, bad. It's a simple approach to it, but it it's it works.
2: It didn't come down on the side of favoring war. It was basically saying we should be avoiding war.
0: Yeah, it was very pro peace and choose to be. Better than well, your, you know, where you come from and all that sort of stuff.
1: Get to the point here because this film is set in the during the Cold War. Um, yeah, and oh, so... I love
0: that. That's something I love. 1950s aesthetic. That's that's like a big tick for me. Just a little thing for this is it. You're going to notice a lot of stuff that just does it for me on a personal level. So mm. so far we've got big robot, lovely animation, hand drawn animation, and uh, 1950s setting.
1: Yeah. And Vin Diesel not saying
0: much, you like that well, I'd rather he wasn't in it at all, but, uh... but the
2: whole the whole concept though of the whole uh you know peace, not war, don't dislike someone because they're an other, you know all of that, yeah, big topics it wasn't like this was the first film to do that, or even the first animation to do that, so, so... why is it? Also, I'm just surprised that it's held up so highly. Well, there's only like
0: 15 topics you can cover in a film, really, is there? There's peace, peace, war, there's love, romance, there's... Look, it doesn't mean anything, it's just pure entertainment.
1: Well, look, we get this setting and we get the... The nuclear threat sort of established very quickly because love we that. see That's
0: another thing I love. Yeah, we
1: see the kid at school watching a duck and cover, yeah, um, video, which I really yeah. liked. Actually, the satire of that, <laughs> that video was quite funny. Um, and later on, when it's really hammer at home, when they say, shall we take cover?" and he goes, "That will do nothing." <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I like that. Um, but but yeah, it sort of sets it up quite early on. So we know we're going to have to deal with some nuclear thing later on. And then the, the, the Iron Giant himself, uh, we never established where he comes from really, but he he seems to be a weapon used to destroy other
0: weapons. Is that his purpose? Um, yeah,
2: that's a bit vague, isn't
0: it? Is, well, I, I don't know if he's intentionally a weapon used to destroy other weapons. I, I think he's. But he does
2: react to guns. Well, yes, yeah,
0: it's, it's an inbuilt defense mechanism. I, he's a weapon sent to just, like, destroy, and, like, he's a war machine.
1: So, okay, he, so yeah. the idea is he's a weapon, but he only reacts when he's under threat, uh, or perceives to be under threat. And well, ultimately, not
0: entirely, I, I think initially i think there's a sense of he's dangerous but hogarth um save well this is it yeah the the, 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 the power the, plan and, and the, the point
1: of... the point of the film really is that he ends up learning and, and growing as a as a person and and learns to love and peace not war and 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 so he stops himself from being a weapon and ultimately sacrifices himself to save others uh, from edit. their own weapons. That's where the film ends.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's where the film ends. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: so, but yeah, uh, so the message is, you know, kill yourself um, in order to protest weapons.
0: The message is, be Superman. Don't be a gun. I like that. I think that's nice. Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Be
2: Superman, don't be a gun. Yeah. Okay.
1: Don't
0: be the villain. Be the hero. Exactly. There's a there's a simplicity to that. Not only that, I think that is the uh, the finest cinematic use of Superman in history, and probably will forever be the best use of Superman in a
2: film. Oh, okay. Hang on. That's a very bold statement. You're say- you're saying that nothing's ever going to top that.
0: Well, I I doubt it. What, you, you, Do you want you to go into you why? Henry, you think Henry Cavill's moustache is better than that?
2: No, I haven't seen any of the current Superman All right, well, films, Superman's but...
0: notoriously difficult to make work at the best of times, and none of the films have really even come close to it.
1: So can we... Should we talk about the characters a little bit?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the performances, I suppose, that go with it. I, I think the acting is a, a really, really... Um, strong part of this film you're probably gonna mm. go oh i prefer jennifer aniston in leprechaun <laughs> well jennifer aniston is the mother
1: just very i mean she, the, the one thing it's jennifer aniston got is best she's her. complete bland all-american woman voice it doesn't it could have been anyone um harry connick jr harry connick jr is the kind of the, the scrap guy I mean I don't know why Harriet Connick Jr.'s ever been casting anything really. I don't I don't know what he is.
0: Yeah, he's he fine. doesn't
1: bring anything special here at all.
0: He's alright, he's fine. He's fine, fine,
1: Vin Diesel yeah. is the Iron Giant
0: fairly uh, innocuous. Yeah, whatever. coulda could have been could have been Microsoft Sam for all mm. I care. Rock. I am not a gun. <laughs>
1: definitely my favorite was christian mcdonald as kent mansley he was the one who brought real character that was the one character in the thing that didn't that felt like a deliberate character rather than just we're trying to make the blandest all-american suburbia nonsense we can
0: what about hogarth hughes i think i think eli Marenthal is uh giving a a wonderful vocal performance for a kid is that is that little boy?
2: We uh, thank you for the uh, food
1: that mom has put in front of us and stop the, uh, the devil from doing bad things and uh, get out of here, uh, Satan. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of personality I th- I to think it. Yeah, I can't argue with that, but it's still just a kid. Like, it's just, it just, it feels like, I don't mean his performance, I mean the the character is supposed to be just an everyday kid. I think that's the idea. That he's just, you know, an all-American.
0: What about um, uh, Frasier's dad? Yeah. Always nice yeah, to hear his he, voice. He's good, isn't he, again? yes, that's voice. Solid. Brings a lot to it. Not the biggest role, but... Yeah. Should've got all um, <laughs> um, You know when they watch that Brain movie... On the TV,
1: yes. Do you I mean, know about that? Well, I no deliberate bad acting and stilted dialogue. I don't know if that was.
0: It's that's actual. Well, it's actual audio. It, it's an actual clip from the brain from Planet Arus. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Which is a 1957 B movie, oh, really? and they just animated the the footage from the film over the audio as it appears on screen.
2: Now this is my plan. I want all of your uranium, plutonium, all your atomic resources. I want your factories, railroad shipping, all of your industrial facilities. Your workers will labor around the clock, day and night, following my blueprints to build the most powerful invasion force ever gathered in the universe. You mean to enslave the world? Russia would never agree to it.
1: That's interesting, because listening listening to it, I was thinking... They're overdoing this a bit, isn't it? Know,
0: I know, I know, I had the same <laughs> thought It's quite bizarre Do you know, a little bit of trivia When when Kent Mansley Is um, Looking, when he's on the phone To um, Fraser's dad What's Frasier's dad called? John Mahoney No, what's Frasier's dad called? <laughs> I don't know Frasier, Niles and Martin, he, I've looked him up He's Martin Crane yeah, when he's on the phone to hear me, he looks at this oven mitt and it's like a dog. Do you remember that? Yeah. You probably don't. Oh, you do? Uh, that dog is Family Dog, which was a, a sort of short-lived um, project that Brad Bird tried to um, get going. I think they produced a pilot or it might have been a, a, a kind of one-off TV special. They produced a, like a TV special or a pilot, I believe, uh, as part of one of these shows where they just kind of do anthology- We'll put all the pilots out as a series, and then got a season. I think it got cancelled pretty swiftly. Don't think it did very well.
1: What about um, a scrap merchant who also is like an artist? I'm supposed to just take that yeah. on the chin, am I? What's
0: wrong with that? <laughs> He's a beatnik. Is he? Beatnik scrap merchant. What's wrong with that? He's got to make a living. He's got to bring in some money. That's that's his like side hustle. That lets him pursue his art. He's got a good gig. Mm-hmm. Look, set up. that's like a uh that's like some guy who, who's uh an actor but he actually l- like lives in a an old abandoned building and stops squatters from taking over
2: <laughs> make him sound like a superhero
1: <laughs> he also suggests i'm making any money <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey look the beatnik man you, d- you- no one knows if he's actually making money doing it, he He probably inherited that place from his dad, his dad's probably disappointed in him, in fact I think it's called like (laughs) Scrap and Son, Scrap (laughs) Merchants or something on the side of the thing he's got a giant eating him out
1: of house and home
0: yeah, it's an inherited business he's probably not making any money, but he doesn't have to worry about the land, it's the 50s in America, so you know it's easy to live on the cheap anyway he's just doing a bit of art in his spare time business pretty much runs itself. It's just about owning the land to dump everything there. <laughs> People come and go, oh, I need a new exhaust, and you go, oh, yeah, there's probably a pipe over there. There you go, I have that. <laughs> Piece of piss. I mean, God, Ho- Hogarth says you can probably eat that car. It's been there for months, and then he turns up. So he's he's, he's taken months to get round to picking he's up ha-ha that ha-ha car. He's half and his job. Yeah. God, he but he's, he's the only scrap merchant in towns, my guess, so... Just cleaning up. I don't think I don't see any problem with that.
2: I think the problem comes that he's a scrap merchant, but he dresses like an artist in a black polo, polo neck. He's a
0: beatnik Yeah, I'm an office worker, but I dress like a prick as well. So what's the point?
2: <laughs> I haven't got a problem with it. I'm just surprised Alan didn't comment on it.
0: Uh, that scene where the giant learns about death. you gonna you're gonna shit all over that probably. <laughs> Which one? What the happens? one with the with, where there's a they're out in the woods and then the deer gets shot.
1: Oh god, that was subtle, wasn't like,
0: it? What, what's the problem? Why does it have to be subtle? <laughs> well,
1: there was nothing subtle about this film, was there?
2: Really?
0: Yeah, it's, perhaps it's called it's, Iron Giant. That's what? generally my it's issue about there. a big Iron Giant. Why? Why does it need to be subtle? Because
1: it's not entertaining. This is. and it doesn't really say that much for all its non-subtlety it just feels I mean, like I'm does. being sort of smacked in the face with a big iron hand
0: well again I mean in the right circumstances I'd, I'd be alright with it
1: <laughs> yeah oh no look a, a beautiful living creature oh killed by man oh. what's
0: wrong with that <laughs> I like that just... I think that's a great scene I think it's emotionally resonant I don't know why you're so obsessed with subtlety. <laughs> As if you're, like, subtle man. Look, Vince Vaughn's humour is extremely <laughs> subtle. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, it can't be Big Mama's house. <laughs> the, the, the levels of nuance and... and... Oh, dear. Alright, so, when you watch this film, did you watch the original cut, or the weird new one where they add a scene that doesn't really add anything?
1: Well, I assume the original, I don't know. I didn't know there was an option.
0: Was there a scene where the giant starts to Beatbox? <laughs> was there a scene where the giant starts to beatbox?
1: No. I was just speculating what the added scene if, might be.
0: If there was <laughs> what would it sound like? <laughs> Speculate away. No. It's on. a
1: fifth no. It's a fifties, isn't it? he would probably be singing doo-wop. Anyway, go on. What's the scene now that in uh,
0: the giant has a dream? No, I didn't see that. I don't think so. No. Okay. Well, I, I only watched it for the first time uh, in preparation for this. I'd never I, i'd seen the deleted scene and so on, but for whatever reason, they went back and reanimated it for some sort of tenth anniversary re-release or something of that nature. Doesn't add much. To be honest, I prefer it without it in there. But basically, there's a scene where the giant's having a sleep, and then like the TV. Transmission. Beatnik man's asleep in his chair, and there's static on the TV, or or some TV show, or something, and then it starts to pick up the the Iron Giant's dream, and you get all these images of like a fleet of the giants walking through, shooting lasers and killing people, and destroying planets and overthrowing planets, and it's like a hint of oh, he's from this, you know, other planet, has sent all these mm. things to to. Kill and destroy, and uh, then the giant kind of wakes up in a, a sort of cold sweat, metaphorically speaking. But <laughs> the oil beatnik, breaking like, down his, yeah. But the beatnik kind of wakes up just in time to see a few flashes from it, and was like, "What?" So it kind of sets it sets that initial bit of distrust in 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 mm-hmm. uh, motion. For then the scene following with them is where um, he nearly shoots Hogarth after he points a gun at him. Yeah. I think I prefer it without it, but it's a lovely mm-hmm. bit of animation, like great visual sequence. Yeah, it does, of course, set up the uh, the the very unsettling implication that this giant is one of hundreds, if not thousands, and, and know, they're going to they come, may come have looking for one me. of them good. But yeah, there's <laughs> there's going to be an invasion of these things. That, He's the scout. Yeah, yeah. That's where I'd go with a sequel, but we'll get back to that later, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean. I really have nothing else to say. I just, the film yeah, I did not have much else to add. generate a lot of comments from me. I mean, I like that. I like that montage scene of the guy calling him having a shit scout and ranger and stuff. Oh, where it's just he's following around the house, going, "Hey, kid, what's going on?"
0: I love this film. I think I think the emotions all work for me. It's very resonant. I love all the characters. I think it's beautiful. I think the music's lovely. Um, it works on just about every level for me. I, I love the 90s, 1950s aesthetic. I love it when he, when the giant goes all war machine mode at the end, and it's this kind of... I mean, it's more War of the Worlds than Kaiju. It's it, it's inspired by the uh, Martian tripods very heavily, I believe. Um, God, some of the animation on those weapons is just like... Oh, it's lovely. When he shoots all that warship off in the ocean. Oh, Thunderchild. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It, it,
1: Perhaps just—I mean—we've established long since on this show that visuals don't do a lot for me. So, I guess animation is the same category. I, I wasn't—I wasn't getting any of this orgasmic pleasure from the animation. So, mm. I was relying on the story, and I was just not that bothered really. I was—it was just sort of very, yeah, mediocre. I—I w- I just didn't care really.
0: Mm. I think—I think it's lovely. I think it's a lovely little story about a kid and a robot. Have you ever read *The <laughs> Iron Giant*? No, by I didn't. Ted Hughes. No, no, no. Are you, I mean, were you about to say you didn't know it was based on a book? No,
1: I don't know anything
0: about that. Oh well, um, the Iron Giants are, are very well regarded. I read it before they made the film. It's um, Ted Hughes wrote it. I believe he became the the poet laureate off the back of that, or just in general. But um, it's it's very, very, very different.
1: Well, is it is it American? Ted Hughes was British, wasn't he?
0: I believe it's British. So is
1: that one of the major changes they've made?
0: Yeah, well the book it's actually called The Iron Man oh. up front and uh, it's about a, a big Iron Man. Basically it's about the Iron Giant coming down from from outer space but it it goes off in like society discovers about him uh, from what I remember some massive alien comes down to destroy Earth at the end and the, the Iron Man has to kind of defend Earth against it, it's complete, like, all over the shot nonsense that hasn't got anything to do with anything in this film, really (laughs) Um, but, I mean, look, I loved it as a kid, it's a great little kids book Um, I don't think there's nearly as much depth as what you get in this film, although you'd obviously disagree, well, maybe not but anyway, it it, it was a very well-regarded book and it got turned into a musical concept album by Pete Townsend. I
1: eat heavy metal and I goggle pretty, jazz. I drink heavy water, nitro demo long- test. Oh, I noticed that his name was in the producer credits for this film. I was wondering oh, why. Oh, is it? Yeah. Because I kind of, I was like, I wonder if it's Pete Townsend. As in, do you Pete Townsend? It's probably just yeah, yeah, else. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, they, well, yeah, that is him. He made a concept album based on it, which is not great, but interesting. And basically, Warner Brothers, for whatever reason optioned the, the album to make a film of it and that's what got turned into this, the Iron Giant basically Brad Bird came along and was like, well this album's shit and I'm not making a, a musical adaptation of this album, <laughs> i just going to completely wipe the slate clean, we'll do something about a big giant coming from out of space and just wrote his own like turn, I mean he didn't write it did he? Well no, did he write it? Did Brad Bird write this? Well, um with someone else. We'll Tim to...
1: McCannless and,
0: yeah. Brad Bird's Brad screen Bird.
1: story, so he, Yeah, that yeah. makes sense.
0: Yeah, so I think Brad Bird came along and just sort of said, well, we're going to do this instead. Had the whole thing completely over, overhauled. IMDb gives Brad Bird an uncredited screenplay by credit as well, actually. Interesting. Mm. Along with Brent Forrester. Why do I know that name? Who's that? Brent Forrester. Is he a Pixar guy? Oh, wow, no, Brent Forrester. He's um, King of the Hill, The Office. Yeah. Yeah, intre- oh, The Simpsons, there you go so <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, they just kind of it, it's a classic case of um, I think it's one of the go-to classic examples of a, a book uh, a film that's better than the book When whenever people go, you know that age-old thing of, oh, the film's never better than the book really pisses me off when people say that because it's people who are talking out their ass, don't know anything about what they're talking about, <laughs> it's just an easy easy talking point to spout You go well. Why'd you say that? They go, oh, because Harry Potter's better when you read it. Yeah, well, is is that true of A Clockwork Orange? Is that true of Shrek? Is that true of Jumanji? Is that true of 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 uh, hundreds of things? You know, there's so many film. Every film basically is based on a book, if not something else. And a lot of them are better than the books. Yes, and and I tell you what. How many book, how many film novelizations are better than the film? (laughs) I bet it's very few (laughs) of them. Very few, yeah. So
2: I'd like it to be stated for the record that Sol had that argument with himself this time, Alan. Okay, don't want that shit landing on me.
0: Yeah, but spiritually, (laughs) I was, I was imagining that I was talking to you when, when I was doing it. You know what? I've just, uh, I've just uh, realized as well. Hogarth Hughes, Ted Hughes, isn't it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Eh? Eh? Mm-hmm. Have you read the book, Judy? No. It's no. a very silly question.
2: <laughs> what is it? it was
0: a really popular kids' book. Loads of kids read it. it was... I didn't
2: see this film as a kid, soul. I watched it two nights ago. Well, neither did I. Oh, no, I did. <laughs> I saw it when I was ten. I it you like... did? Yeah. No, I didn't know it was a book until you said. I was just listening. I've just, just wikipedia Ted Hughes. It's been great over here. Judy? You did so. I think my favourite bit was when the big... Giant hand is like fumbling around the kitchen, and the kids like oh, the devil. great. Is uh oh, I mean that was just quite well acted on the kids' part. I think it's a great the comic bit. timing, and yeah, it was very yeah. good. See like, what great. I mean, like watching cliche, a and you know it's definitely been done in other places, but it was still good timing. It still worked. It was funny. That's the
1: sort of thing you'd enjoy seeing Robin Williams do, probably dressed up as a woman. <laughs> this seems like which of one thing. of
0: us are you talking to?
1: <laughs> well, Judy. that's the sort of thing I can see him doing in Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't know if it actually happens, but I assume it does. It doesn't. I bet it does, uh, though. a little bit.
0: I didn't know this, but apparently Brad Bird's sister died at the hands of her husband in a bit of gun violence. Mm -hmm. And his pitch for this film was, what if a gun had a soul and decided it didn't want to be a gun? Which I think is quite an interesting Mm -hmm. idea for a film. And I, I think this film... Does that justice personally? I think it does a really great job of exploring that. Don't think it needs to be subtle, because I he mean, he is a gun. Maybe, maybe this is what it comes down to. But I, I think, uh, fuck guns, get rid of him. And uh, you are obviously head of the NRA, aren't you, Alan? So,
1: from my cold dead hand. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you, you hate this film because you're sticking it to the libs.
1: <laughs> yeah, my problem is all these bloody snowflake cooks <laughs> wanting to suck cooks. off Iron Giants. <laughs> cooks. Yeah, they like to cook things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, god! The Iron Giant is clearly a metaphor for communism, and <laughs> that's why you love it so much. Oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Do you know why they
0: changed the name? Because of Iron Man? Yeah. There you yeah. go. <laughs> That's exactly it apparently. They didn't <laughs> want they didn't want people to think it was an Iron Man movie. So the one the one thing I really won't defend about this film is the inclusion of the unnecessary happy ending. Bringing, making sure the giant isn't actually dead at the very end, mm. that completely undermines everything else that the film's done up until that point. And,
1: uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if it undermines its message that it's saying, it's just it's just giving a tacking on a happy ending. You know, real, it was just, know. I,
0: I, think, I think the scene where the giant sacrifices himself is a very powerful powerful moment. Mm. And um, it really ruins it that he comes back immediately following it. Personally, I
1: don't know if it ruins it. It just feels like a nonsense tacked-on happy ending, and I don't know. It seemed fitting with the film.
0: I don't know. I, I think the film's better than that up until that point. I think the film's more mature than that, and seems willing to go with that sort of stuff. And well, I I would be intrigued to know what you guys are going to rate this one, given that mm-hmm. you seem to hate it so much.
1: <laughs> yeah, do you want to go first, Judy? Uh
2: yeah, I'd give it a four. Fucking hell! Yep.
0: You guys suck. Wow.
2: <laughs> the four is 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 good. Uh, the four is for basically the. Uh, the the concepts and the artwork.
0: You didn't even like the artwork.
2: Well, hence why it's a four. <laughs> no, but it's still. I mean, it's it's not my taste. I can still see that it takes a lot of effort to go into it, and there are some very nice elements to it, like you said. It's just not as good as others, but you know, I appreciate it's made of a time where things were different. Uh I do like some of the concepts it deals with. I think Alan's right, it lacks subtlety, um, which in some cases oh. is good, some cases is bad.
0: Unlike Brother Bear. <laughs>
2: I'm not get me on an episode about Brother Bear. Keep your keep your agenda out of this one.
0: Oh he it's uh, me, Rick Moranis! <laughs> I'm a moose <laughs> We're doing some comedy gold here in the Brother Barry. Say a boot. A boot
1: I felt like I was being pretty generous when I gave
0: this a six. Oh, I think I think that's about fair for how you've been talking about it, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, you guys suck, man. So that's so harsh. Well I, I I for me this is a perfect ten. Ding dong! I can't stand by that. Ding, Ding dong. Ding dong. Ding dong. Yeah, baby! groovy baby oh, oh look who it is judy do you know who this is have you guys met i don't believe we've been introduced <laughs> baby oh no, no.
2: I've, I've, hang on i did i meet Stan you at powers. the truman
0: show baby <laughs> Yeah. oh well can't can't be expected to remember all the women i meet. yeah baby <laughs> groovy yeah
1: yes this is David Brent. Very shagadelic. Yeah, (laughs) very. So. Well, thank thank you, Austin Powers. Perfect 10. Perfect 10. Perfect 10. So this is your top three. What with a a, a, a clockwork orange. Hang on.
2: uh... Hang on. Oh, hang on. I mean, Sol has talked about how things are almost a 10 before. Can't tell you what off the top of my head, but I swear that's come up. And he just said that the end of this film ruined it. And he's still giving it a 10. Just sounds like your comments imply that it's a 9.7.
0: Which would be uh. a 10, wouldn't
1: it? He loves to round up. If you round Sol up. So loves to round up even when it's not appropriate. So
0: <laughs> Exactly. <Makes sense. laughs> 9.7 would be an appropriate place to round up to a 10 though, wouldn't it? <laughs>
1: so, yeah. This is on your perfect films.
0: It's on my mediocre films. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't say perfect. I mean, it, I mean, you it, have no, already no said such that th- twice. So. I know. I meant perfect ten, but I, no, I said it was a perfect ten. I didn't say it was a perfect film, did I? No such thing as a perfect film, but it's it's damn close. I love it. You guys are very harsh. I can't believe. I cannot believe Judy gave this a four. That is disgusting behavior. I'd like to withdraw all future invites to the show. <laughs> I think the Patreons are going to turn on Judy. <laughs> yeah. So you know, Patreon listeners, this is what you get. You made your bed, now lie in it. Yeah how how dare you support the show? <laughs> how dare you support our show? You pieces of shit. Tosses.
1: Okay, so if you if you were doing a sequel, soul, you 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 uh, like it so much, how would you do? Yeah, it? No, Obviously, I mean, you'd then... have it starting with him being mm. found alive in Iceland
0: there has been talk of, of an Iron Giant sequel before um, I don't think it's ever gone anywhere serious I think I think very rightly so Brad Bird's always sort of said well, come on, it's obviously a standalone film but if they had to do it uh, yeah, I guess you, you start with the, the giant being found because he's clearly still alive and um, I think, yeah, basically you have a, a big fleet of, you know say that giant was a scout and he's the first of many um have the alien invasion happen i suppose you you have the big load of giants come down and they're mm-hmm. going to invade earth
1: and we have to take one each and convert them with love
0: yeah <laughs> good <laughs> the scrap merchant the military they all pimp up the giant improve him and he goes into battle and like punches them so Pacific
1: Pacific Rim versus the Iron Giant,
0: yeah. I, I mean, I I think you could make a really nice dark film about the, the the Earth being invaded with those giants. I have no idea where you'd go with it, but um, I think that's a good starting point.
1: What about if he he has to fight he has to fight Mecha Iron Giant? Why? Because <laughs> that's, that's what you do. What if a giant turns up? And it's like, where's my robot version of me? I want it back. It's my sex doll.
0: (laughs) The worst idea for a film we've ever had pitched. Judy, what would you do a sequel about?
2: It'd be really difficult to do now because I think the discussions and the um, kind of the research that's gone into AI is completely different. But you know, the idea that potentially someone either finds the giant again or he somehow returns home wherever home is and his modem or hard drive or whatever is all kind of overwritten again (laughs) (laughs) whatever the fuck that word would be something technological his wires um (laughs) have you know he's kind of defaulted back to whatever the the default and then you kind of have a comment on how much he remembers, and then you have the question of like, does a does the robot have a soul, maybe? And there's like a reconnecting, having to find that humanity, maybe within. Um, that's something like that.
0: Hmm. Well, there was a sequel to the Iron Man, the book, right. uh, published by Ted Hughes, called The Iron Woman. Oh, so, <laughs> a bit cheap. So you see where the see where we can go Iron
1: with this. Giantess.
2: So the sex doll was right.
0: Mm, mm. She lands, complete with a... Uh, rolling pin. A rolling pin. <laughs> ready to, ready to smack you him over the head for being late for dinner. You said you were popping
1: down to earth for five minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Puts a little dent back in his head. That he yeah, it turns out that's
1: what that's from. He's lost his yeah. memory.
0: Yeah. <laughs> In in the book, which I think I think I might have read this book as well, the 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 Iron Woman comes to uh, to wreak havoc on mankind for polluting Earth.
1: Ooh, so that's very, uh, very... it's a,
0: an environmental thing, and it also gets into the idea of sexism because mm-hmm. because uh, it's like fuck you, men. It's as subtle I, as a rolling I, pin, Iron Woman, isn't it? Hear me roar. Yeah, it's a kid's book by Ted Hughes. I mean, come on.
2: He says it's. Brad Bird said it's not a story just for kids.
0: Yeah, about the Iron Giant. He obviously, I mean, he wiped his ass metaphorically with Ted Hughes' book. He didn't give a shit about what was <laughs> in those pages, did he?
1: I can't help noticing just reading this Wikipedia page that there's a character in it called Space Bat Angel Dragon.
0: Yeah, I, I told you. Did you? Uh, I told sure you, you a big monster those, from.
1: You can't use those words. <laughs> well, no, I
0: didn't remember that's what it was called. <laughs> I told you a big kaiju thing comes from space and it has a fight. So it's called Space Bat Angel Dragon.
1: That's apparently yeah. Brilliant. What about the Iron Dwarf
0: and it's what about what about the Iron Lady? <laughs> yeah? Uh, yeah, a giant robot takes over Britain. Robot giant robot Thatcher. <laughs> Yeah, comes perfect. to oppress the workers <laughs> down the mines. People love stuff yeah. set in the 80s. Judy, can you can you do a Thatcher impression?
2: No. <laughs> it's not just me being difficult. I've never heard a clip of the woman. You've never heard Margaret Thatcher? No. How old are you? 25.
0: Mm, Alright, I guess she wasn't in your lifetime. Can you do any impressions?
2: No. <laughs>
1: Bear in mind the quality of the impressions we get on this show.
2: Wait,
0: you're 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 in a sketch comedy group, and you can't even do Theresa May. <laughs> I
2: can I can sing about Theresa May. I, I don't do an impression. All at right, all right,
0: hang on. Let me Theresa let me, let me, May. Um, <laughs> uh, it's gonna sound like I'm not yoga.
2: gonna improvise a song yeah. about Theresa May for you, so <laughs>
0: yeah, it rhymes with gay. So I say well, when I wake up in the morning, do. <laughs> And the sun is shining here. Oh, then I look at you, doo 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 an ugly me. <laughs> there you go. And
2: yeah. underneath is like ugly me. Ugly oh, me.
0: that's not nice, is it? It should be attacking her for a physical appearance.
1: Look, Jude, Judy's skill is in improv, so I think we should just ring the doorbell and see no, who, see stop who it, arrives. No, stop <laughs> it!
2: Stop Ding it! Dong.
0: Stop it! Like, look, I'll just it. open the door. Let's see who it is. So, uh, hello, who, who's it? hello, nice to meet you. What's your name?
2: Indignant Judy. How are you?
1: <laughs> it's the Iron Giantess.
2: <laughs> oh fuck you, man! <laughs> oh,
0: she's learned the that... language very quickly. <laughs> that was a weird voice. <laughs> is this is this bullying? Yes. Hmm. May Teresa May. <laughs>
2: Stop trying
0: May. to type
1: in Teresa May. <laughs> okay, so that's the end of the podcast. What are we doing next?
0: Oh, it's such an incompetent May. Oh, god
2: That's pretty good. Well done.
0: I'm I sad. We left the EU. No, I'm la- I'm sad. We left the EU. Do 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 do. Oh, such an incompetent May. She just keeps the. Uh, she just keeps going on about.
2: Brexit stretching it
0: on <laughs>
1: So uh, let me let's see if you can work out this, this subtle riddle uh soul to see what film yeah. we're doing. Um eight vaginas <laughs> Can you guess what uh, it is? Octomum <laughs> It's Octopussy
2: Oh I was just gonna say pussy galore but <laughs> What no, what was it. Octomum?
1: Octomum is a woman who had eight kids in one go.
0: I've just googled her. She's uh, she's not bad looking. I'd have eight kids with her as well. <laughs> oh, is that the worst thing I've ever said? No. <laughs> that's that's not good, is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, it's, not though, so... it's not even it's not even the worst thing I've said on this show that made <laughs> it to uh, to the final edit. i was just <laughs> listening back to our X Men episode. What's the joking about raping children in that one? <laughs> you were you were cracking up, Alan. You were loving it. You were I did away. I
1: did state for the record that it wasn't funny though. <laughs> so I
0: think we're all right. I think we're covered. Uh, okay, it so- was it was in context, you know. It was talking about Brian Singer.
1: <laughs> right, so thank you to the Patreon people who decided that this was a good idea. Um
0: I think it was. <laughs> do, Thank you, Patreon people. Uh, do please had to happen.
1: And if you and if you want to get involved and and if you want to correct the people who are making these decisions because it's obviously wrong, uh, you have to become a Patreon. And you can vote on stuff we're doing, and a also Patron. get get also the get all the extra stuff we put out there, extra diminisodes and uh, yeah, some yeah, full yeah.
0: episodes we put out. Oh. Yeah. We've recorded, we've recorded a shitload. We just, we need to find the time yeah, to edit. Stuff. They're coming, they're coming. That's the, uh, they're coming jingle. Well, I like the Iron Giant, so fuck all of you.